in a series called Summer Essentials. I know we're almost out of summer here, but these are things that are so essential to not only our faith, but when, you know, during the summer when we're traveling and and we may not have our normal rhythms and habits, what is essential? What are the things that we really need to be dialed in and focused on? And, And worship is one of those. And so we want to kick it off with some scripture. TJ, we want to read for us. I got you. So reading out of Psalms 100, if you want to write this down, it's one of my absolute favorite scriptures about worship. So it says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. I love that phrases like that, right? All the earth, not some of the earth, not some of us, but all of us, right? All the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We're going to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good, and his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness goes to all generations. Amen. Amen. So we titled today's message, Worship That Brings Breakthrough. Worship That Brings Breakthrough. So TJ, will you pray for us? I would love to. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much that that you are the reason we're here, that we we have the honor and privilege of worshiping you here together week in and week out. Lord, I ask that you bless this message, Lord, that let us be able to speak your words this morning and what you would say, Jesus. Lord, even as we speak and listen and receive what you've downloaded to us about worship, Lord, I ask that it just be an act of worship, Lord. Let us leave this place having a better knowledge and a better understanding of what it looks like to worship you, God. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lawrence. Yeah, come you. on, Lawrence. <clears throat> I always joke with Lawrence. Every time I preach, he's here. Literally, every time. It's so amazing. Come more often. Love, love Lawrence being here uh, in our entire worship team. Y'all really do such a phenomenal job. Uh, so I like to share kind of some details and background. My mom was a teacher, and so I kind of got that in me. I, li- I like to teach and share a little bit. Uh, every, almost at every single meal growing up, my dad would do some kind of Devo. And as a kid, I hated it. I really did. Uh, I just wanted to eat. You know, I was hungry. If he did it after eating, maybe I'd have been more receptive. I don't know. But I share that with you even as we, the parents demonstrated, right? We talked about that as a parent demonstrating these things to your kids. Kids aren't always going to want to do the things that you feel is right. And so, but as a parent, what do you feel is right for your family to lead them and teach them in the word of God? It's so important. And so it impacted my life. And so I, I love some context. So we, TJ just read in the book of Psalms 100. So if it's been a while since you read in the book of Psalms, the Psalms is broken up into kind of five sections or even five books within itself. And so it's got 150 Psalms total. So, so there's some pretty good Psalms in there. And Psalms are meant to be you speaking to God. So God's the listener in the Psalms. So the Psalms is, is really powerful because God plays the role of listening to what you're going through, right? And the Psalms has a wide range of emotions. I mean, if you've ever read the Psalms, there's like, in one Psalm, it goes from like depressing to then praising God. It's like a roller coaster of emotions, but we have these, right? Like we have emotions that in one moment we could be good and the next life can just be crazy. And so the book of Psalms is powerful. It's powerful. Um, really, they're hymns. They're meant to be sang. 
And so a lot of times, you know, you're probably not at your house singing scripture, but if you ever wanted to, the Psalms is a really good one because you can sing that that's kind of what they're meant to be is meant to be sung because then a lot of times in history, they remember things through song. So these things were remembered by singing them, by putting rhythm and, and, and beats and instruments added to these. It helps your memory even more powerful. And so before we got into Psalms 100, if, if you were reading the Psalms through, 95 through 99 were what you call enthronement Psalms. So those were Psalms where like, All you're really focused about is God being on his throne, how mighty he is, how sovereign he is. I mean, you're thinking about a king. So here we go from reading enthronement songs, my mind is on a king, how sovereign, how holy, how amazing he is, and then we get to Psalm 100. And it kind of makes a little shift, right, into really this, this hymn, this worship And it's focused on how holy and amazing God is. And I love how verse 1, TJ, it it starts off to shout. Yes. To shout. I feel like you like to shout. I do. I do. I love shouting. Yeah, I think that they, um, what do we shout for, right? We shout for the things we're excited about. We shout for the things that mean a lot to us, right? Like I know pastors use this a lot. They use the, the analogy of like a football game or sports team. Like, Back when Tom Brady used to play, if I was in front of the TV and Tom Brady was playing, I'd get super loud. So that's why I make it a goal whenever I'm on a worship team or whenever I'm doing anything worship-related to be super loud because we're loud about what we're excited about, right? Like, we, we, we will lift a voice about something we're excited about, right? Something we're passionate about, something that means something to us. Yeah, for sure. And, and again, when we think about we just came out of an, an enthronement psalms, if you're reading them all the way through, a correct response to seeing a king would be to shout and praise him. So it's appropriate. Here we are. A king is among us. And and we're here to shout and to praise him. I mean, if you follow the sports world, you know, Messi is is in our world now as a soccer fan. And just a few weeks ago, I saw a lot of people shouting him down. Right? And and so even even when when we see people that we put value on, there's things that come out of our mouth. There's things that we do to respond and, and so this is so important from a worship standpoint that we express our worship. We express the things that we put value on. So worship is an expression. So when you worship, something should change in you. Something should come out. So, TJ, do you even have any, like, practical things, would, you know, between your worship here versus home? Like, how, what's some different expressions that you have? Yeah, I have this as a later point, but I love that you brought it up now because one thing I'm going to say before I explain that is I love that it says, right, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, serve the Lord with gladness, come into his presence with singing. Not we're going to enter his presence, right, and then we're going to sing. No, it says we're going to enter, yeah. right? We're going to enter this building singing. We're going to enter this. But yeah, you can clap for that. We're going to enter this building singing and praising and being excited about the God and the king that we serve. One of my favorite phrases is king of kings. I love, you'll hear me saying it and scream it in the mic all the time. I love to say king of kings. What you're saying is, is even though there's other kingdoms and principalities and lords of this earth, we serve the only true king of kings. He's above all, right? So some practical things for me that helps me with this, and, and, and you know, I struggle with this like anybody else does, but really what you see on Sunday morning is not just me being really passionate and loud. It's an overflow of what I do every day during the week. 
And I cannot stress that enough, um, not to sound over spiritual or to put myself up here, but worship is, um, a, it's not just a huge part of my life. It, it is my life, right? Um, whether I be praying, whether I'm reading scripture, whether I'm choosing to be kind to somebody when I'm working at Bank of America during the week, that is a form of worship, right? That's a form of outpouring what's inside of me. So some practical things that I do is I make it a point no matter what, I read at least one chapter of scripture every single day and I, I, I do like devotionals and stuff like that and then I spend at least and this might sound really small but at least 10 to 15 minutes in worship every single day and it's one of those things that when you first start doing it practically I always um, I always liken it to when someone starts working out at the gym you start working out it's hard right it's hard to get out of bed put your feet on the floor and get there but then you do that for four or five months and before you know it on the days when you miss the gym you miss it right? You're like, dang, like I, I missed that. I missed my time of worship today. So when you come here on Sunday, right, it should be an overflow of what's going on during the week. It should be all of us coming together, right? All of us overflowing what's already inside of us, what we're pouring out. That's the beautiful part about worshiping together and in one mind and one accord when we come together, right, is that you come filled up. The person next to you comes filled up. Can you guys imagine the difference? Oh, my Lord. Could you imagine the difference if we all came in here expecting a miracle every single week because we spent time in God's presence, because our faith was elevated, right? Because we came in here, you know what, I don't care what's going on. I can't wait to get to church to worship with my family this week, right? Amen. For sure. So if you like to take notes and you like some points, um, one of the points that I want you to write down is your time shows what you worship. What you spend time on shows what you worship. Romans 12.1 says, Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. So, TJ, your time shows what you worship. Yeah. What I wrote down for that, and that's one of my favorite points, because just like we give volume to, right, we give energy to, we give time to things that we deem as important, right? What I wrote down for this, and if you want to write this down underneath this point, your priorities define your prerogative, right? So what you prioritize will become what you think is important. So no matter how little that thing may be, if you put time on it and you prioritize thinking about it, worrying about it, that thing is going to take a seat above the important things in life, right? What you prioritize, you're going to see growth in. I'll say that again. What you prioritize, you're going to see growth in. If you're prioritizing the wrong things, guess what? You're going to see the wrong things grow. You're going to see pain. If you focus on pain, if that's all you can think about is, man, I can't can't get past this pain that I have. I can't get past the fact that I can't get this promotion at work. Guess what? That's going to grow because you're putting your focus on it, right? We weren't designed spiritually to focus on those things. No, we we were designed, right, to lift our eyes into the hills, from where comes our help, right? And then all these other things will get taken care of, right? That's so good. A a lot of times I'll catch myself or even conversations that I'm having with people is we can focus on the things that are going wrong and that we worry about more than what God's doing. I mean, you can just turn on social media or the news and quickly begin to see that there's more things to worry about than there is to focus on what God is doing. And, and so your worry is what you're putting value and hope in. So if you catch yourself worrying about things more 
than what you know God is speaking about that, then you know that you need to change. You need to shift what you're focusing on. And, and you're, you're, again, your, your time with God and, and what you're allowing into you. Because a lot of times what's coming out of us is what we've allowed in us. So if we're worried about something, well, maybe it's because we just spent five hours listening to the news. That's what's in us. So what's coming out of us is what is poured in us. So again, we worship because I need the presence of God flowing out of me. Yeah. It's not because I even want it. I need it. Yeah, come on. I need God to move in and through my life. So the things that I want to come out of me, then I should be intentional with the things that I'm putting inside. That's good. I wrote down, um, this is underneath the notes as well, you know, praying without ceasing and worship without ceasing, right? Like you, we spend five hours looking at the news, but we're really called, um, Colossians 3.17 says, whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. And I think that that can be where a lot of us find breakthrough. It's, it's not this, okay, I'm going to set aside, even though I said this earlier and I'm trying to get better with it, but I'm going to set aside an hour to spend with God and worship, and then the rest of my day is going to kind of take priority. I think that's what we're talking about here is learning to, to front load your day and make sure that you are prioritizing worship as a lifestyle. Worship as a, I'm not, I'm not just going to worship him through singing and through dancing and through shouting, but I'm going to worship him through the little decisions I make every day. Yeah, that's good. It's, it's that time that even the in-between time that we pick up our phone and look at something or the in-between conversations that we have in the middle of what we're doing, if we could change the in-between in those little moments that it's like, okay, God, I, I'm going to make sure I'm injecting you into this. So your time is a reflection of what you worship. What are you spending time on? What, what do you even desire to spend your time on? And we share these things with you because, again, we titled this message, Worship That Brings Breakthrough. And so when we desire to see breakthrough in our life, we have to challenge the way we see things, yeah. the way we do things, our perspective. We have to allow God to illuminate the Holy Spirit inside of us to show us the things that God desires to realign in our life. And so it's powerful. Point number two, if you're taking notes, worship is not a place but a posture. Worship is not a place but a posture. So what does that mean to you, TJ? So for me, what I wrote down on this one is um, worship should not be confined to one finite space in your life, right? And we're going to talk about this more in depth as we go through this point. But the place of worship is a meeting place with God, right? That's what we worship. That's what we're representing. We're meeting God somewhere, right? The cool thing is, is that we serve a God who's everywhere. So no matter where you are, what you're doing or how you're being affected in that moment, you can always fall to your knees and say, Jesus, I worship you. I praise you. This situation's not going to get me down. I'm going to choose to worship you in this moment because I think this is what really gets us stuck, right? What happens is, is we'll, we'll be faced with something. I always use work as a thing because I feel like so many of us at our, at our jobs, right, we get stuck in this mindset of, in this moment, I'm not at church, so I can't cry out to God. You got to get rid of that mindset. Wherever you are, Whoever you're with, I don't care if you're with your friends, your family, I don't care. If you need Jesus to come help you in that moment, if you need and you feel like you need to give praise and worship and get some breakthrough, yeah. you got to step up and you got to do it no matter where you are, right? 
I wrote this down. Worship is an act or posture of faith. I really wanted us to break this down a little bit. Worship and faith are inseparable, right? So I think this is like the elephant in the room that we don't really acknowledge a lot is like pastors and worship leaders. But I had to um, I had to come to grips with this myself. There's a songwriter that I love, Amanda Lindsay Cook. She wrote some of the best worship songs ever, Starlight, uh, Mercy, stuff like that. She has this tagline that she sings in a lot of her live stuff. She says, I'm not just singing to the sky. My worship is connection. I'm not just singing to the sky. Every time I hear her sing that, it hits me every single time. Because sometimes I feel like when we're worshiping and praising and lifting our hands, we're not connecting. We're not connecting to the fact that we're not singing to an empty, vast heaven. We're singing to a king that's on a throne. We're singing to a king that is enthroned in glory and honor. And he deserves and is worthy of our worship, right? So when we come in here and I say things like, come on, lift your hands. Let's sing this out. The the words that we're singing, right? Praise the Lord, oh my soul. We sang that for an eternity this morning, right? But it's, it's one of those things where we're going to walk in here with a praise in our mouth, right? We're going to walk in here and we're going to elevate him above everything else because we're not just singing to the sky. Yeah. We're singing to a real God. There's a lot of other religions that they kneel and they pray, but they're not kneeling and praying to anything. But we have the honor and the privilege of serving the only risen Savior, the only God who sits above everything, Right? So worship and faith are uh, inseparable. You cannot worship what you don't believe. Do um, you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, one of the things I had a mentor of mine share with me one time that really helped me in worship is I try to picture what God's throne room would look like. Mm, that's good. So it's like when I get to heaven, like I actually try to picture that. Like God on his throne, Jesus on the right hand of the Father. Like I try to picture that when I worship, and it just... Every time I do that, it just kind of blows my mind. And I'm like, I can't even really understand what this would look like, but that helps to get me into worship, is to imagine, like like you said, I am praying and I am worshiping and I am singing to someone that actually exists, right? And, and, And that loves me and that cares and welcomes me, right? Scripture says to come boldly to the throne of grace. And, and so that has helped me so much in my worship to understand that, yes, God is in heaven, but he's also given us his Holy Spirit with us yeah. here to, to even help us yeah. in this time. That's so good. That's so good. I love, I love that you brought that up because I really feel like that that was a point I really wanted us to, to nail home is that, you know, we're singing to, to something that's real. We're singing yeah. to something that's big and great, and it's worthy. He's worthy of our praise. What I wrote down about this, talking about, you know, the title of the message was Worship is Breakthrough, and then uh, this point is worship is a, is a, isn't a place, it's a posture. Um, something that's always spoken to me about that theme is the story of Jericho, right, Joshua chapter 6. Um, what I love that they had, and I talked about this at the beginning of this point, is they had a posture of faith, right? So we talk about not just singing to the sky. We talk about that we're serving a real and mighty and risen Savior, right? Well, they were asked to do something very, very, very silly, right? If you don't know the story, I'm going to break it down really quick. So there was this, uh, the Israelites were taking over the land of Canaan. There's a city called Jericho. It was very famous for being a very, very heavily fortified city, Right? In ancient times, I don't know if you've ever studied this, but I love history, so I've studied this at length. To take over a city using siege weapons and siege warfare was not a pleasant thing. It took weeks and months and years. So they prayed to God to give them over the city, and he gave them instructions. He said, I want you to march around the city for six days, one time every single day, and then I want you to go home. 
So day one, day two, and then on the seventh day, I want you to march around the walls seven times. And on the seventh time, I want you to lift up a shout of praise. And when they lifted up that shout of praise, the walls came crumbling down, right? The walls came falling down. They worshiped out of faith. They trusted that God was going to do what he said, and they did it anyways. Now, what if they would have said, you know what, God? I want you to bring the walls down, and then we'll worship. I want you to let the walls fall down, and then we'll give you praise. That's not how it works. You see, worship must proceed, and it must succeed victory. You have to worship before your victory. You have to worship during your victory. And then when the walls come down, then you can worship after your victory. But you're not going to get that victory until you learn how to worship before it. Worship must proceed and succeed your victory. Right? You can't just worship God when it's good. Right, you can't, just, you can't just say, you know what, God, I'm going to walk seven times this day and shout and the walls come down and worship that. No, they had to do the six other days before that. They could have been like, God, why can't we just skip the other six days and just march on the seventh day? No, they had to be obedient. They had to trust. They had to have faith that he was going to do what he said he was going to do. And why? Because he's worth it. Like our Lord is worth the praise and the worship in spite of the situations we go through. And that is what is sometimes, to be honest, so hard. Is, is to worship and praise them even though I'm not in a good situation. Oh, yeah, for sure. That, that I'm facing problems and trials and setbacks and, I mean, you name it, right? We, we're all going through stuff. But the, we don't worship because we're in a good or bad situation. We worship because God is good. He is faithful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. That's good. So it's much easier for me to worship when I'm in a really hard time because I'm trying, again, I'm trying to focus on his throne room. God, you are good. So that shifts my mind away from me worshiping God out of my situation. Because I'm not going to let my situation determine my worship. No. Yeah. And, and so the, I love what you're saying there. It, it has to come before and after and everywhere in between. And so it, it's powerful when you get this concept of I don't have to be limited to a location even Jesus himself yeah. says this in John chapter 4. Uh, this lady asks Jesus, she says, Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say in Jerusalem is the place where we ought to worship. Yeah. So listen to what Jesus says. He says, Woman, interesting way to start off. <laughs> Don't say that though, guys. This is Jesus. <laughs> he gets a pass. He says, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem you will worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is for the Jews. Listen to this. But the hour is coming, and now is here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and and in truth. And so Jesus is trying to help us make that transition, yeah. right? Is, is to worship God where you are, to understand the power that is available to us because of Jesus. Yeah, I love that. I think that the, um, being aware of how powerful your worship is even alone, right? Like when you're, when you're, um, when you're worshiping at your house, um, Aaron on our worship team, she brought an awesome message last week about worship. Um, when the, they preached, and it was amazing. Um, but she talked about how some of the best moments of worship in her life were not the ones here on stage jumping around, but they were 
moments when she was just with her and God, speaking yeah. to him and having him speak to her. And I would echo that same yeah. thing. I think that my the best moments in worship that I have are also alone. Those are the moments when I can when I can pound my fist against the wall and I can cry and I can just say, God, help me. I need your help in this moment. Yeah. But also, God, I worship you and I love you. And I'm overwhelmed with your grace and your presence and your mercy in my life. But there's something that I would be remiss if we didn't talk about. As important as worship privately is, uh, I just feel like we need to really say this this morning. The corporate worship that we do together on Sundays is very, very important. I'll tell you why. Worshiping together on Sunday is important because it's the closest experience that we can have to what heaven's going to look like when we're up there. It's the closest experience to what worship in heaven is going to look like when we get there. I'll explain what I mean. When you read the book of Revelation, it talks about all the the angels and the cherubims and everything worshiping. It's going to be loud and it's going to be everyone just singing holy, 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 holy. And I feel like we got to get used to that down here, right? There's there's an important part of the worship we do during the week and then we all come together like we said at the beginning. And it's an overflow and it's an outpouring of what God's doing in everybody's individual lives comes together underneath one roof, right? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together because it's important, right? Tamasha comes in here with her faith and then I come in here with my faith and then Pastor Robert comes in here with his faith. I don't know. They say we're two or three together. He's going to meet us there. Well, there's a whole lot more than two or three people in here. Can you you imagine if we all came in here fired up, full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit and said, God, I just want you to move. God, I just want to worship your name. God, I just want to give you thanks and praise because you're worthy, because you're holy. God, I bring you my problems. I bring you everything that I got going on. I laid at this altar and I say, you're still faithful and I will still serve you. That's so good. And I love what TJ just led us through. Like worship wakes your spirit up. Right? It, it helps you get alive when, when the world has just sucked everything from you and you're exhausted and tired. Like to worship God renews you again. Oh my goodness. Yes. Brings your, the, it's like the Holy Spirit's just fired up in you now. Right? And TJ always does a phenomenal job of, of leading us uh, in worship. And so uh, it, it, it changes things. Worship's not a place. Yeah. But it's a posture. It's a posture. It's a mindset. It's an attitude that we embrace that everywhere we are. We can worship. Yeah, the last thing I want to say about that before we go to our next one is um, I wrote this down. I feel like it's important. I think we treat Sunday worship as like a Sunday fill-up. It's like I'm going to come to the convenience store and get filled up with worship and praise, and then the week just kind of eats it away from you, right? Where what you should be doing is you should be filling up during the week, and then when you walk through this building on Sunday morning, we're ready to celebrate together. Like you said at the beginning, we're Celebration Church. I'm not coming here to get filled up. I'm coming here to praise with you. I'm coming here to lay hands on you. I'm coming here to help you get through what you're going through, and you're here to help me get through I'm going through. We're a body. We're a family. We're here to worship together. This should not be something where we come in with our heads down like, God, please just encourage me. No, we should come in singing his praises, ready to encourage each other and ready to leave here and just keep getting filled up throughout the week. So good. It's so good. Uh, so the next point we have, if you're taking notes, write this down. This is, this is one that we're going to really sit here and process and then we're going to go back into some worship, is worship is an act of love. Worship is an act of love. And this is kind of a big heart check, if I'm going to be honest, because it can be hard, and and you're really not going to worship something that you don't love and value. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 3 says that we would be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. The scripture actually says avoid such people. 
And so that scripture is rather convicting because there could be moments in my life where I'm more in love with what I desire, what feels good to me, what I want to see, the way I want to worship, than to be just a true lover of God. And I've shared with this with y'all before, like I grew up Baptist, and Baptist has a different style of worship, like a lot of denominations do. And it, you could easily be like, well, this denomination does something this way, and I don't like that, and this denomination does things that way. No, 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 no. no we, we don't ever need to come against other believers of Jesus, okay? So it, it's important to understand that there is different ways that we worship the Lord. But what we can't do is come into a moment like this. Let's just say someone invited you here today, and you're like, well, I prefer that kind of worship, so I'm not going to worship today. I, I like it when it's more somber. I like it when it's more loud. Or they didn't play, play my favorite song today. No, that's being a lover of myself. That's me wanting to worship the way I want to worship. That's good. Rather than just being lovers of God and say, God, in this moment, I love you. I remember when uh, my wife brought me to a Spanish church, and I don't speak Spanish. They were singing in Spanish. And I was sitting there in song one. This is a true story. You can ask her. True story. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I don't know what they're saying. How can I worship? And the Holy Spirit convicted me real quick. And he goes, what does it matter? Because I know how to worship. And so God understands Spanish and English and all the other languages. And so why, did, why was I about to limit myself? You see what I'm saying? And so if worship is an act of love, then I have to settle within myself. God, I love you, so I'm going to worship you, even though this may not agree with me in the flesh. That was good. That was really, really good. Yeah, come on, give it up for that. Worship as a posture, or worship as an act of love is, is something that it, it just has to happen, right? Like there has to be that connection with him. It's, it's a relationship, right? It's not a, it's not a, a fear or terror thing where we're scared of him, right? But it's, it's a, no, he loves us and we love him. I wrote down for this point that um, something that I really, really have to say to myself on a regular basis is that he's worthy of my love. Yeah. Um, it seems like a given, but I feel like it needs to be said that he's worthy of our love this morning. He's the only one who is truly worthy of our love. What I mean by that is there's people that we love, and they're going to let us down. They're going to do things, say things, family, friends, spouses, children, right, all those things. He's the only person that you can give your love to, and he'll never make that mistake of hurting you. He will never make that mistake of letting you down. He'll never make that mistake of leaving you, forsaking you, putting you down. No, when you give him your love and you receive his love in return, what you're receiving is something that is so sweet and so much better than any and everything this world has to offer. He's worthy of our love this morning. So good. It's so true. Uh, we're going to invite the worship team up here with us. Um, you know, a message like this, right, we, we've got to go back into worship. I mean, it's not even, not even a question. Um, one of the things that worship really helps me with is I almost have to start my day with, with prayer and worship and being in the Bible. If I don't, I, I just I can feel the difference in my life. And so worship for me refocuses my body, my heart, my mind on loving him and, and, and showing God that I'm willing to take the time. 
that I'm willing to take time out of my day to show him that I love him. And it's not that God needs it. Like, I, I want you to understand that. Like, God doesn't need our worship. He wants it. Yeah. He, he wants you to love him. And this is the beautiful paradox and the tension between people bring up predestination and free will and all these other theological debates. Without the choice to love God, he would be forcing you to love him. You have a choice. God is giving you freedom. So how do you choose to show him that love? What choices are you making to show the Lord that you love him? Worship is one of these ways where we give to the Lord. Our words, our praise, because we choose to love him. So before we dive into some worship, I want, I want you to think about this. What's holding back your worship? You know, in a moment like this, both me and TJ have shared a lot. But it's not really about our wisdom or anything that we would have to share. Because it's about your relationship with God. What he's speaking to you. So what's holding back your worship? What's holding back your love for him? I want to encourage you to ask God that question. Allow him to speak to you. Maybe there's an area of your life. The one of the things I love about God, TJ, is he knows way more than we do. Sometimes I don't even understand why I do something. I don't even understand why I am the way I am sometimes. My wife does, but I don't always understand. <laughs> but God knows. So, instead of trying to figure things out, why don't you just ask God? Say, God, what's getting in the way of my worship? God, what's getting in the way of me loving you? see what God has to say. Yeah, I love that. Another group of people I want to speak to this morning, so the first group, right, is if you have anything you feel like is holding your worship back, we want to speak to you and we want you to pray for that this morning. But another group that I'd like to speak to is maybe maybe you're in that place that I said at the beginning where, where you're worshiping, but it's not an act of faith, right? It's uh, you're worshiping and you're going through the motions because You've always been in church, and you've always attended church, and so you're just like, I'm just going to show up, and I'm going to lift my hands when TJ says to lift my hands. I'm going to sing the chorus when TJ tells me to sing the chorus. I'm going to sit back down. I'm going to take notes because Pastor Robert tells me to, and then I'm going to leave, right? As silly as that sounds, I think a lot of us get stuck right in that rut of worship not being an act of faith where we don't understand or comprehend that when we sing and when we praise him that, that he hears us, that he hears us. And that he knows what we're going through and he loves us and he wants to help us. So what I wanted to do this morning, I wanted to be a little bit different. 
Um, we do this for worship nights, and it always goes really well because people kind of get out of the comfort zone. I would like for everybody to get out of their seats, and I want you guys to come down here. Everybody in the whole building, I want you to get out of your seats, and I want you to come down here. And we're going we're gonna to worship together this morning in a different way than we normally do, right? We're going to worship not in our seats, not in our comfort zone, but outside of that. So as you're making your way forward... I'm going to pray over y'all, and then we're going to go into some worship. Lord, we love you. God, right now we posture our heart. Lord, we posture our actions. God, we, we realign our mind. Lord, we say you have it all. Lord, we give you the desires that we would have to worship a certain way. Lord, that you would blow our expectations today. Lord, remind us how good and faithful that you are. Lord, I thank you for the boldness upon the people that have come forward. God, that you would speak to them. God, that you would open up their hearts in new ways. Lord, show them how faithful that you are. God, I pray for boldness right now. Lord, that your people would have boldness to worship you in a new way. Lord, that we would be uncomfortable for you, God, because you sacrificed everything for us. Jesus, we remember your sacrifice, but now you sit on the right hand at the throne in heaven. And Lord, we worship you. God, we thank you for how good and how mighty you are. In Jesus' name.